0: Boy at heart, I told Nancy when we first started dating, if I did not know God, I would worship nature. It's just how He's made me, and it's uh, it's part of what we're going to talk about today. Is kind of our stories. Before I let you kids go on Friday night, okay? Nelson's doing the promo for the next one. Next Friday's, what are we doing, Nelson? If it's nice day, we will launch rockets next time. Friday night, we had our Fridays, which was up, up, and away. It was nasty weather. So what did we do, Nelson? We what? We had airplanes inside. What would you make? What was your best airplane? Do you remember the name of it? No? How'd you do? How'd you do on the scoring? You did good? You were hanging in there. Kevin counted the kids up on their scores, and uh, and so they had to, like, fly through hoops and fly through distances, and they did good. So thank you guys for coming, for all of you who helped. Thank you. Um, You know, it's always a challenge how many kids will come. We ended up with uh, 28. Is that what it was, too? Um, So it was exciting. Kevin is just this good-spirited soul with a loud mouth and and really... uh, Really was good. And I said, I have no idea how many kids are coming, Kev. Just keep putting them in groups. And the groups kept getting bigger, and we ran out of people, to be honest, but it, it worked out well. It was God in action. So thank you, kids, for coming. And my heartfelt thanks to all who helped. Let me tell you, the rest of you need to come out and help because the cookie makers showed up. And so Tish and Diane and Norma and I think Renee made cookies good time, I asked him for cookies for today, they drew the line, apparently Nancy was talking to them, so anyway, thank you, kids you may go out with uh, Mr. and Mrs. M and they will uh, take you up to kids church, so um, before we get uh, started today, I have asked Scott if he would uh, pray for the service, pray for all of us, frankly, not for me. We pray for all of us. So. Um, I have chosen to sit down today instead of stand behind a pulpit. Number one, because as Debbie says, I guess I like to mix things up. Number two is I really do not even like the idea of me preaching because in any of you who know me, I'm not a preacher. okay I'm a storyteller and um, and having five kids has taught me many things. I find that I work best at fifth grade level, which is why I married a fifth grade teacher, and I've just kind of stayed there all my life. So so you're not getting a whole lot of expository wisdom today. Um, instead, uh, I wanna take us to a library. Um, Nancy's not here today, just as a uh, little side vignette. Uh, she is in California with her family. They had a family reunion. We were not gonna go. Um, But part of my story that I want you to know about is that Nan is the only, I'm going to say, vibrant Christian in her family. Uh, We have a sister-in-law who who expresses faith, Um, but the only one, And, and yet she has a love for her family that on our first date, which I will tell you, I took her out not for a date. I took her out to convince her of some business proposition I had, but... Uh, it ended up in marriage, so pretty good business proposition um, Anyway, at that dinner, as she spoke about her family and the fact that they did not know Christ And how she came to Christ, she just wowed me And, um, and so we decided that she needed to be in California this week um, So I am unattended, I apologize So you guys, including Scott, are going to hold me accountable today And the elders know they can rope me off anytime they want. Um, I want today to be highly participatory. Uh, I'm going to be asking you questions, and if you don't answer, I'm like stuck here because I don't have any answers. Um, It's going to be highly participatory, at least at the beginning, and I hope especially at the end. The middle, I'll give you a break. Um, I do need you to have your Bibles or your your telephone apps or things. I'm going to ask you guys to read questions. Uh, Many of you know I have shaky hands and bad eyes, and so for me to... Read the Bible up here is hard. Um, so uh, we're going we're gonna to do a lot of that today. So here's your first question that I hope for some responses for. Why did you come to church today? Bad choice. Any other wiser choices? <laughs> Conscription. Thank you. Okay. Why did you come to church today? Okay. Habit? Is that what you mean by that, Tish? Do you mean it's just a habit? It's what we do on Sunday morning? What do you mean by that? It's what we do. Okay. Okay. See, that's different from habit. Okay. I get up, I occasionally brush my teeth. That's not much of a habit, but um, it's different from getting up and wanting to brush my teeth, okay? Or Nancy telling me I need to brush my teeth, okay? So you're coming not out of habit, because, but because it's something you want to do, okay? All right? Thank you. It's because we are your peoples. What's that, Tom? Out of discipline extrapolate on that a little bit more what kind of discipline okay okay why do you okay Anybody else want to chime in, Sue? Okay. A calling from God himself. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else? All right. Food for the week, Sue adds in. Anyone else? Say it again. A commitment to Christ, Grace says. Thank you, Why did I come? It's my turn to preach yeah, exactly. um, Pastor Don, you've had Pastor Don, um, John Rich, uh, Dave Malusnich and Garth last week. Um, after this week, it's Pastor Don again, and then Phil Jupp in two weeks. And then I believe after that Chad Smith from uh, district may be here so um, so is it? Am I here only because it's my turn? Well, this is part of what I need to tell you, that we agreed that our goal was to bring hope and encouragement to one another, um, and how to do that. I am grateful for your answers to why do we come to church, because I would say within my life, I've had all those answers. Nancy has given me great discipline in my life. I am a very undisciplined guy. Uh, She has set many of the spiritual disciplines for our family. Do I think it's the right thing to do? Yeah, I do. Um, Is it a good habit? Yeah, it's a good habit. Do I need nourishment? Absolutely, I do. But a couple of you mentioned, this is my people. These are my church family. And that is the library. That I'm talking about today. You guys are the stories of my life, in my spiritual walk, and I need you to know that. If you hear nothing else, just hear that, and I thank you for that through my life. I'm uh, I'm calling this lessons from the library. So uh, here's my second question for participation. You know that old uh, word association game. The one word, library, give me a one word answer. What do you think of when I say library? Say it? A job. We know who works at the library. Okay, <laughs> or used to anyway. Do you still work there? No, okay. All right, a job. Uh, that's not where I went. So, library, books, educational, study, research, <laughs> Lady with a bun. Okay. <laughs> Must be a Bartlett Library thing. I, you know, it's, uh, so, quiet. Okay. All right. Anything else? <laughs> Jim's going back to school. Spent a lot of time in the principal's office because of his actions in the library, apparently. Um, for me, uh, Nan and I, I know it's hard for you to believe. I actually read. Um, we went to the library a couple of weeks ago, and, um, and something that I will get to had set me on a course, and when we walked into the library, it all came into focus. This is what I honestly believe God wanted me to tell you today. So Nan and I are in this library, and I started talking to her, and of course you guys know Nancy, she goes... And I suddenly go, okay, I'm being forced into this cultural conformity of quiet and silence. Okay? Here, I want to tell you something. She goes, you whisper too loud. I said, but I'm whispering. No, you're whispering too loud. It's quiet here. Okay, so for me, library means cultural conformity. Silence. Silence. Okay, which is really hard for me, okay? The other thing was as I stood there and saw these books in there and realized it's an amazing collection, really amazing collection, to the point that somebody created this academic profile called Library Sciences where you study how to take someone's hard work that they published and categorize it, shove it into a slot. But if they didn't shove it into that slot, the rest of us wouldn't be able to find it. So those slots are collections of stories that have similar backgrounds, similar histories, similar purposes. Some of them are fictional, some are biographical. But I'm standing in this library in awe, thinking, look at all these stories. And now I'm sitting up here, looking at all these stories. And it's a fun perspective. How does the silence come in? Wow, I have wrestled with that one for the last two and a half weeks in very serious fashion. So, here's what we need to do. In God's great humor, you are going to travel with me as I ask God, what do these two recurring themes of silence and story mean for Sunday morning, June 24th. He's impressed these two things on me over and over in the last couple of weeks. And I I will tell you, I've sincerely tried to ask God how he wanted me to apply those in church today. But God, to me, is a little humorous. And so, last Sunday I was not here because Nancy and I had a chance to go visit our daughter. And I said, it's really good to get away from work. I had a bad week, and... Um, it's really good to get away. I'm really trusting God will use our devotions today to clarify what He wants me to say next week. So let's read it together. I need a volunteer to read Ecclesiastes 5 1 through 7. Here's how God answered me. Who's got that? They're going, Is there a book called Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes, Old Testament. Written by this guy who supposedly was pretty smart and wise. Who's willing to read that? Okay, Scott, I'm going to ask you to read it kind of slowly and emphatically, too. One through seven, please. I need somebody to read Psalm 4 and somebody else to look up 1 Corinthians 13. Psalm 4. It's a fairly short psalm. You going to make me call you out? Thank you. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Got it there, Grace? Well, then you should have been looking it up, huh? So within these three sections that we read today, as I'm asking God, what do you want done? This theme of be quiet, listen, think about what you're doing, okay? Ecclesiastes 5 is very humbling to those who would want to speak up in church. Um, But it's also very reassuring. Psalm 4, especially verse 4, if you... In that section, I really liked it because it said, you know, be silent but I got to be in bed while I got to be silent so I kind of like that part Um, but that wasn't up in front but when I talk to people, it doesn't matter what you do, I don't care what you do for people, I don't care how hard you work, John, you know what if you do all this and don't let people know that you love them, you know what you are I'm the gong, just a big old gong. Better to say nothing. I believe that's what Ecclesiastes 7 said. But I had told the elders that I would do one week. So let's go back uh, to the library for a minute. I believe these verses uh, were where God wanted me to rest in the last couple of uh, weeks, because this was him writing my life, telling me, John, you need to quiet down, you need to learn to listen, because you have a real problem being quiet. You have a real problem when I'm trying to talk, and you're doing all the blabbing." And we're at a stage in the church where we're saying as elders or when we're praying that we want to hear from God. And he says, then shut up and let me talk to you, John. It's really hard. One of the other things you find in a library is a dictionary. Not the little dictionary.com thing app that you got on your phone. No, you find Webster's Classic Unabridged Dictionary that's like the old Gutenberg Bible, you know, it's like this thick. And if you look that up, you will find this word. Dorbalist. At least that's how I say it. Anybody here know what Dorbalist is? Because I've got a prize right out of the Friday's gift bag for you. Good. What? Library girl? No, it is not. Well, it kind of goes with Gong. You're right. See, see where the arrows are pointing? Dorbalist and gong? You're, you're close, but off. Let me read to you. This is actually from June 15th, Today in the Word, which is the devotional Nancy and I use. Yeah, While well, I'm asking God, what do you want said? He gives me this in our devotions. The term Dorbalist has fallen out of use. Lexicographer... Stamper of Merriam-Webstead is really wanting to revive it. The word simply means fool. Specifically, the kind of fool who tries to appear to be smart but really isn't. Please notice the arrow. Thank you. Ecclesiastes says, much dreaming, many words are meaningless, therefore fear God. Solomon really had uh, had this part of the wisdom down. And yet Solomon, at the end of his life, fell away. How could this guy who's so smart fall away at the end of life? This aspect of persevering faith is a huge challenge for me. So let me go back to one more element, kind of the trigger mechanism for me in speaking to you today. And that was this. I found this in uh, Nancy's Bible. This is the church, uh, ABC Church Directory from 2006. And I started flipping through this. And what this is, what this is for me, is a sudden diary of the last 12 years. And, um... And... I am a, an emotional guy at heart uh, who purposely tries to squelch it because I feel it is inappropriate. You know that cultural inappropriateness like silence, okay? Being emotional in front of you uh, is wrong but, <clears throat> for me. But when I started reading through this, I suddenly went, wow, look what has happened in 12 years. Look at these stories that have been written. A number of you were not here 12 years ago um, and are not in this. For those of you who were here 12 years ago and are still here and walking in the faith, I commend you. You are my heroes of the faith that are getting written into Hebrews chapter 13. You are persevering. You are holding the path. You are doing well. You are writing a magnificent story. But every story in that library, if it's all Susie happy and she gets everything she wants all the time, is really kind of a dull book. If there isn't some tension, some drama, the book usually is pretty lame. And I'm going, oh. Is this like God writing a book? He's got to give me some drama, some tension. I don't think so. That's called life. Life just happens to us. And it wears us down. It, it, it sticks jaggers in us. I can look around here, and while I know some of your stories, and I really appreciate those of you who have persevered, when I look at Tom and Tish, 12 years ago, Tom didn't know He was going to have heart problems. He didn't know that Tish was going to have to deal with all this, but they have. God knew it, and you guys have held on. Scott and Chris, we didn't know what was going to happen 12 years ago, but I'm proud of you for persevering. You guys, 12 years ago, you were little pups, and look at you all married now. And here's the interesting thing, 12 years from now, God's got a story written that might have another little bald guy running around the house. You know? It's really fascinating when you think about it. When you stop and are quiet enough to listen that God knew 12 years ago what was going to happen today. And he knows 12 years from now where each of our stories will be. So how do we get there? How do we get to that point? Well, I decided rather than me running on, I was going to share two of my stories with you. Scott, as many of you know, has been my accountability partner for a number of years. He knows way more about me than I ever want any of you to know. Um, But Scott and I are also dynamic opposites. I mean incredibly dynamic opposites. I'm nature boy. I go, Scott, let's go out and have an adventure. And Scott goes, No, there's germs. Okay? I see an ice cream truck run into a phone line and shatter 40,000 wires apart. Scott and I are both excited. I'm going, finally, we agree on something. Look at all that spilt ice cream. And he goes, No, look at those 40,000 wires I get to fix. And I'm going, Are you sick? You know, we're just opposite. We look at the world differently. And yet, Scott has been a true friend to me through all the years and knowing the crap that's in my life. Scott, I love you. I need you to know it. Another guy who I'm going to ask to come up here and sit here is Jim Smith. Jim, come on up. I've asked Jim to share a story because Jim is a guy who I won't tell you the details of why he's on my hero list, but he is he's one of those guys who keeps me he's going I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you he's on the hero list, and he just has to live without knowing his part of the story. He actually does no part of it, but I 've asked Jim to uh, say whatever God's going to say through him, so my words are less. silent. <coughs>
1: A lot of, we a
0: lot of words. I can make the Dorbalist point the other way if you I want. 12 pages mm-hmm.
1: of words for you guys. But, you know, first I just kind of want to say, you know, um, I, I, I'm really glad and petrified that John asked me to come back uh, and share some stuff with you guys. Um, uh, there's a reason why I'm in church, too, and, and uh, one of those reasons is because well, there's two reasons I'm in church. One is to worship God. He, he is worthy. We need to spend time with the guy that made us, designed us, has a blueprint for our lives, and who is worthy of our affection and our minds and our hearts and our strength and our heart, soul, mind, strength. He, he's worthy of us being here and appreciating him. The other reason is because, um, the other reason I'm here is, it's, it's, it's frankly a survival thing. Uh, you guys hit on a lot of the reasons why, being in church with believers, brothers, and sisters is a big deal. Well, it really is a big deal. It is survival. I, I don't know where John would have been today were it not for Scott. I, I don't know, but he he wouldn't be here. Um, I, I don't know where I would have been. Um, I I don't know where I would I would be today were it weren't for some were were it not for you guys. Um, don't know where it would be, but it wouldn't be a place like this. I wouldn't be as, as unhealthy as I am. I wouldn't be as healthy as I am were it, were it not for you guys. In lots of ways, you guys are my life and my breath. And uh, the way that God communicates his, his desires for my life that's you guys. So the reason I'm here is is one for God, and the other one it, it's a survival thing for me. I just have to be here. I have to be with you guys, my brothers and sisters. Um. I want, Lori. You you saw the Penny Lane thing the other day, didn't you? Did did, did my post on Facebook with so Laura and I. One of the last two days spent about 20 minutes kind of with one another going down Penny Lane with Paul McCartney. Uh, For me, it was a really... I just really had a good time hearing where some of the Beatles songs came from. (laughs) It was really cool. I I hope to do a little bit of not Penny Lane, but Memory Lane with with almost all of you guys this morning. For those of you guys that, that are new... I, I, just, I just hope you get to appreciate some of the Penny Lane or Memory, memory Lane stuff that I'm going to share. Um, and a lot of it is about the people, and a lot of it is about the people who are, in fact, sitting in, in, the, in the room. Um, these Memory Lane people are people that are worth knowing and worth becoming uh, more and more in love with, worth letting into your lives, and, and worth, usually worth getting into their life a little bit, too, except for one. Okay, here's where we're going. John says we're a library, um, and each of us has a story. Uh, And I hope you don't mind me kind of reading a little bit more than sharing, but I think that's what's going to happen. I'm going to do a lot of reading. I think when you uh, read or take a look at our combined story here at at Alliance Bible Church, um, it's a pretty neat testimony. Um, Testimony, to me, is, is a story, but it's got a whole lot of evidence in it. So when I say that, when I look around the room and I see a a pretty neat testimony, what I mean is it's a story that's full of evidence. It's evidence to the character and the presence of God at Alliance. At the church, uh, Mark Deaver, you guys guys know who Mark Deaver is by any chance? He is a senior pastor in Washington, D.C. He's the president of Nine Marks. Nine Marks is an organization that is trying to help churches figure out how to make it to survive and also how to help churches find their place in the world and make an imp- impact, uh, a relevant impact uh, with the people and the God that they're trying to serve. Uh, Mark Deaver says a healthy church is a congregation that increasingly f- reflects God's character, reflects His character as it's revealed in His Word. Uh, that's Mark Deaver. For what it's worth, um, I think the body, I think you at Alliance Bible Church, at ABC, have been and increasingly are reflecting God's character. Um, I'm one of those people that was here about 12 years ago. Uh, I'm not here now. My wife and I moved to Huntley um, to get out of a big house and into a smaller house. And it was just time um, for us to get into us to spend less money on housing Um, but for what it's worth uh, my observation from the twelve about 12 years that I spent here is that this really is a healthy church Um, it's a church that increasingly reflects God's character Um, it's my observation my encouragement, my hope and my prayer that is as you have been doing you would continue to do I um, could have said that 10 years ago could have said that 5 years ago It's a different time today My prayer today as it was And any of those other times Is um, That you would continue to display God's character like you have been doing And that you would do it With one another So most of what you're going to hear to me Talk about today is this stuff about one another um, Did those words Mean anything to you guys? one another trigger any memories of tim talking about one another i think the first time i ever heard the words one another it w- in in the context of a sermon and in the context of an idea was from tim um, the words one another are uh, around a lot of places but in terms of describing a group of people one another tim is the first one that brought it to my attention Uh, Do you guys remember him saying one another a lot? Love one another, encourage one another, forgive one another. There's a whole bunch of those things in the Bible. I'm going to call those things one another. There's a mess of them. And uh, on the next 11 pages, I'm going to share a lot of those one another's with you. Um, There's a lot of them. I believe that the one another's of the Bible are acting out. They're the acting out of many of God's attributes. Um, they, are our act, they are our actions that are true to God, um, true to him because they are part of who he is. When we do the one another stuff, that is God in our presence acting out himself with somebody else. Um, the one another's are reflections of his character and his presence in the world, in your world and in my world. The reflections of his character and his presence in the big global church, um, as well as our our little church here at Alliance Bible Church, the one and others are the reflection of his character and his presence in Bartlett, and in Streamwood and in Elburn, I think.
0: <laughs> Even there,
1: and in West Chicago, and in Huntley, they are the reflections of his character and his presence in our workplaces. This is the one and another stuff, remember. I, I, I'm going to do a lot of reading, and it's all about one another's, but geez, I hope you don't get lost in me saying it. These are God's words. When we do the one another's, they're reflections of His character and his presence in our workplaces and in our schools and in our homes, and the homes means the one another's changes your family. That changes your kids. That affects your grandparents. that affects your family the. The one another stuff. Um, that is the way that God acts out his character and is present in your family and in mine. When the church, the big body of Christ, and the little body here at ABC, of which you and I are the hands and the feet, the heart and the mind, when we practice the one another's, if they as they've been revealed in scripture, God shows up and God is present, and God does stuff. Um, that only he can do. I told John I wasn't going to get emotional. No, I told him I was going to get emotional, and I, I think I am. Um, there's just lots of stories that have happened and that are happening here at Alliance Bible Church, and this one and other stuff changes everything. Um, changes everything. Uh, again. I think that we um, have been doing the one another stuff really well. We've been doing them here on Sundays, did some of it this morning. We've been doing them where God has placed us for those 40 or 50 hours a week where we spend time earning some money. Uh, We do them in our homes. Uh, Unless you're better than me, and I I don't think you are, we're not perfect. We're probably far from perfect in pulling off this one another stuff. Uh, But I think ABC and each of you, and and I know most of you, each of you is increasingly, like Mark Deaver said, revealing God's character as it's revealed in Scripture. Uh, If Mark Deaver's right, as I quoted, then I think ABC is a really healthy church. But so much for what Mark Deaver and I think. Uh, Tommy, those of you who know me know I often say, put your finger on the text. Uh, What does God say? I I think we're a healthy church. I think you guys are a healthy church. Deaver thinks you're a healthy church. But what does God say? What's the instruction manual for churches? What's the instruction manual for living? What's the blueprint for a healthy church and a healthy family say about how we're doing? Uh, What does the Bible say? What because that's what really matters. Um, it matters a whole lot more than my opinion. It matters a whole, it, as wordy as it's going to get. God's word matters a whole lot more than my opinion. Everybody's got an opinion, probably even about the future of Alliance Bible Church. Everybody's got an opinion, and increasingly, uh, people are calling their opinion truth. Um, that's a... Real millennial thing that that's a real contagious thing that millennials are passing on to us boomers everybody's got an opinion increasingly people are calling their opinion truth or at least truth for them but when it gets to Alliance Bible what does the designer of life and the author of truth God say in scripture putting your putting my finger on the text what does he say about Alliance Bible Church I'm going to read a bunch of passages and as I read um, listen listen like John said I'm going to do the word thing I guess I'm going to be the fool you guys and I'm going to listen to myself too listen for the words uh, one another ask God to be present um are you with me still on this one another thing? I'm going to say a lot of words. Listen for the words one another. Um, listen as I hope he reveals his character and speaks to you about yours. Here we go. Uh, if, you want, if anybody wants to count the number of times I say <laughs> one another, um, John's got a present for you at the end of this service. Um, It's going to be a bunch of one another's, okay? But kind of keep in the back of your mind, listen for those words, um, and count them, but only if you can listen to what God is saying at the same time, too. Here we go. Brothers and sisters at Alliance, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. If we love one another, God bides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's 12 years worth of emotion that I'm trying to hold back. And a lot of it is real current. Above all, Keep loving one another earnestly. Love covers a multitude of sins. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. That's the way you're supposed to love one another.
0: Um,
1: This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that somebody lay down his life for his friends. Uh, that one of my sons got tattooed across his abdomen right here. Greater love has no one that he give, down his, give up his life for another. I'm, I'm glad he wrote it, but I kind of wish he'd written it on his heart instead of his stomach. Um, this is the message that you heard from me from the beginning, that we should love one another. <laughs> You guys think this love thing is a big deal? Um, not everybody from the last 12 years is here. Um, I was going to actually tell you to look around. I'm actually going to ask, still ask you to look around at the people that are here, but I'm going to ask you to imagine some of the people that used to be here too. Even some of the ones that are still here but just aren't here this morning. Uh, but look around, imagine, seriously look around and imagine. Uh, Has anyone in church shown you that kind of love and affection uh, that I just kind of blubbered through on that last page? (laughs) Um, I have. I've just been honored to be loved by a lot of you guys. Lots of stories I could tell, but one is my parents were sick for a really long time before they passed. It was you guys' affection that was my strength. Um, A lot of you guys. Don. uh, John, Tommy, Lionel. Uh, When you guys showed up in Indiana for my dad's funeral, I was shocked. Um, But I was also really honored your presence and in your presence God showed up (laughs) and people noticed this one another stuff is a big deal look around the church again Um, have you guys loved one another Uh, and I think you have and I think you've each got stories like I do of knowing that God has shown up as you as we loved one another Again, this is a memory lane, penny lane kind of thing. Stick with me. Stick with me. By this, all the people of Barlet, all your family members, all your friends are going to know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Not just as guests. Where's Garth at? He's got that whole guest thing working out pretty pretty well now. But love one another, um, not just as guests, but love one another for the glory of God. Uh, there's a library of stories in your lives that are a testament to that. Encourage one another and build one another up. Just as you're doing, um, is encourage, we did to love one another. That's a big deal. Encourage one another is a big deal too. Um, anybody here been encouraged at Alliance Bible Church? Twelve years worth of history. Lots of heads nodding. Um, I think there's a library full of stories about people having been encouraged. Remember those that have encouraged you. Pray for them. Thank God for them. Look around, look around again. Pray even more for those who have been faithful in praying for you. Uh, I'm thinking Mary. I'm thinking Norma. I'm thinking Tish. I'm thinking Tom. I'm thinking Debbie. Uh, there have been some faithful prayers in this church. Um, I'm encouraged by that. I think I'm changed by that. Think about all the cards that used to get sent, in fact, that are still getting sent. You guys remember some of you? You guys remember Patty? (laughs) Patty was a card sender, encourager. Sue. Um... Tuesday study group does a whole bunch of things, and one of them is this card encouragement thing. Think about the phone calls. Michael. You look at the call log on my phone, and uh, it says spam. It says likely spam. It says spam. It says Carol. It says spam. It says (laughs) says likely spam. That's not what Michael's phone log looks like. Michael's phone log is full, is stacked with your names. Encourage one another. Work projects. John and Tom and Dave been at a lot of people's houses. Truth-telling. Don? Don's the truth-teller. And giving grace, even when you want to keep telling truth. Don's a truth teller and a grace giver. And the, again, encouragement, encourage one another. Um, and the personal friendship that some people call accountability, Scott and Mike and Ray and Garth. You guys have held my feet to the fire. And the personalized desserts, not just desserts, not just cookies, but the ones that were for you, and the people who have been your cheerleaders supporting you, probably behind the scenes. I'm thinking Karen and Gina and Robin. The people that keep you young and sharp and in the word and in touch with urban lingo. (laughs) Carl was supposed to be here. Keeps you in touch with urban lingo as you share barbecue and McChickens together. In touch. Keeps you in touch. Tommy and Carl and Kirsten and Becca and Lionel and Tom. Uh... We've done a bunch of stuff over, so a lot of red meat, and it is a wonderful thing. Encourage one another. There's people in this. The church is full of these people. I, this list could just keep on going, and I'm almost done at least with the list of people. The grandparents of disciple-making. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is in First Thessalonians 2. It's where Paul talks. It's where Paul talks with his guys about the influence that he had on the people at Thessalonica. He says he was a father and a mother and a brother. Uh, I think the Jupps are the grandparents of that kind of ministry here at Alliance. Sometimes father, sometimes mother, sometimes brother. And think of the persevering love persevering love, 12 year kind of love or 40 year kind of love the persevering love and commitment that others have freely given expecting nothing in return there I'm talking Carol and I don't know why but John has made some kind of decision to stick with me too finger slipped off the text there for a while uh, but in my opinion this isn't just friendship stuff This is relationship with a purpose stuff. This is God's character and God's presence showing up. Anyway, Thessalonians says, Encourage one another and build one another up. And now back to the text again. Keep counting. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones as God's holy and beloved, compassionate hearts of kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven you. That's the way that we've got to forgive. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery. I think that's another fancy word like this one, for don't get drunk. Don't let something else take over your life. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. Anybody's minds, anybody's names come to mind there? Sing and make melody in your heart with the Lord. Thanks, Judy and Deb. Yeah, slipped again. Finger off the text a little bit. Give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, I told you to come to worship God. I come to survive, too. Uh, we can't make it without one another, you guys. This one another is a... We can't do it alone. Walk in a manner worthy of the call. Tommy, this one has been one of ours. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness and patience, bear with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. But walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Amen. Bear one another's burdens. If your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, so you also ought to wash one another's feet. Um, Brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, and uh, you should gather to eat, you should gather all together. Wait for one another. Consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together. That's the habit of some. But encourage one another, and all the more, as you, as you see, uh, the last day is drawing near. Uh, Those were the meet, greet, and eat one another verses. Those are some of my favorite ones. (laughs) I like those, especially those eat verses. (laughs) But eat, greet, and meet. Uh, We, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We're not all here, but we are one body, and there is only one body, and that's us. As each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Be good stewards of God's grace. Don't become conceited. Don't provoke one another. Don't envy one another. If you bite one another and devour, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. Mm. Don't lie to one another, seeing that, off, seeing, seeing that you've put off the old self. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you'll be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and in all of it's working. got to take my finger off the text again here for a second. Uh, Confess your sins to one another. Um, Scary? Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a little bit scary to me. I, I don't think it's about private confessionals, and I don't think it's about priests, and I don't think it's about penance. But I think confess your sins to one another is a big deal. To me, it's about corner booths at Denny's, sometimes at Culver's. To me, uh, confess your sins to one another is about hamburgers and friendships that are safe enough and committed enough to ask one another and ask God, what is it about me that you want to change? What is it about me that needs to be changed? What is it about my heart that needs to be forgiven or healed? Um, that's what we've done at McDonald's a lot Uh, we've tried to not talk about my wife's heart or my kid's attitude or my boss's ego we always try and bring it back to what is it about me God that you want to change confession is agreeing with God and with the Holy Spirit with what the Holy Spirit has revealed as pride and anger this is my list you guys what God has revealed is pride and anger and self-absorption and lack of self-control and unbelief. Confessing is agreeing with God; it's repenting and turning around in spirit, spirit empowered obedience. Um, that's my list. Um, and again, I, this is a neat, healthy church. Not every, not many churches have relationships in them where that kind of safe. And committed relationship exists. That's a sp- special, really special thing. I don't think I need to tell you that there's plenty of people out there their're friends and their relatives. Uh, they're even good friends and relatives that are willing to take our side in relational conflict and personal pain and pat us on the back and say, "Everything's going to be okay and not hold our feet to the fire." Often, we need, at least I need, someone who will lovingly tell me the truth till it hurts. Um, truth about me, about my sin. Uh, I need someone who loves me enough to not let me pretend that everything is okay. I don't want to get off the track, I'm going to take my finger off the text again, but Alliance is a healthy church. This is the kind of stuff that happens here. Thanks, Don and John and Scott and Phil uh, for giving me grace and truth and listening to my confessions. Put away falsehood. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. We're members of one another. That's a survival thing, you guys. Um, members. Don't grumble. Don't grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. See that no one repays evil for evil. Always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Jesus. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility, with love for one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in another brother's way. You were called to freedom. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. Exhort one another day after day, as long as it's still called today. That can't happen when you're watching England and Morocco, England, and uh, they won 6-1 to one today. <laughs> but that can't happen when you're watching a football game there's no lone rangers in Christian living we need one another to, the, to avoid the deceitfulness of sin um, nature is neat, nature is cool um, I love it too but we need to be in church we need one another or we fall to the deceitfulness of sin can't do it by yourself I myself am sad, I'm satisfied about you guys that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and you're able to instruct one another. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonishing one another in wisdom. Sing spiritual psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Be thankful in your hearts. That's Judy and Deb again. I think there's a little Lynn, a little Chris in there too. Now it gets juicy. Dave, Dave, greet one another with a holy kiss. Dave, greet one another with a holy kiss Dave, greet one another with a holy kiss Dave, greet four times, I added the Dave part but this, uh, Paul thinks this kiss thing is a big deal four times he says greet one another with a holy kiss no, actually it's five greet one another with a holy kiss of love I'm not Joe, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that one was for John, The other ones were for the other ones were for Dave. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus. Encourage one another with these words: Listen. We who are alive, we who are still here, will be caught up together one day with earlier believers. We'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And that's where we'll always be with the Lord. May the Lord make you increase and abound in your love for one another and for all. Remember, this is his commandment that we believe in the name of the Son, of His Son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another, just as He commanded us. My beloved brethren, brothers and sisters here at Alliance be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord does your toil is not it? so what about the future what does the future hold for Alliance um, where is it going to be in the next year the next five years, maybe ten years maybe two months from now What's the future of Alliance Bible Church? Uh, it's hard to say for sure. I think that's kind of where you're, you guys are at. Kind of hard to say for sure, but there are some answers. Um, and the answers are in God's word and in a continuing belief in his providence. We can get an idea of where you're going. You can get an idea of where you're going, but by what God has said about his, in the Bible, about his church. Uh, but you've got to remember something. You guys are his church. Uh, you guys are his body. Uh, this building is only the place where part of God's church meets. You guys are the church. There's an entire message, uh, probably five of them, one for each of the elders, <laughs> over the next month and a half. There's an entire message on what I'm getting ready to say. Um, But God indeed does have a lot to say about his church, his church um, being you guys. And I'm only going to give you the cliff notes, and it's on page 12 of 12, so I'm almost done. Uh, I just want to remind you about something that Tim and Don and all the elders have been teaching us for years. And it's as assuredly true as God is absolutely faithful. What does the future hold, and what does the future look like for the church, the church here in Bartlett and in Huntley and in Orange City? Well, putting my finger back on the text again, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So this church you guys are about to take the offensive. You've been on the offensive in not letting the gates of hell prevail. And in not my opinion, in God's providence and in God's faithfulness, you guys will continue to build the church like God said you would. And the gates of hell won't prevail. Take it to the bank.
0: So, how do we conclude? How do we apply? Everything you heard was an application. Um, But let me share this with you. At the personal risk of turning over a gong and doorbellist uh, sign. I keep this uh, picture in my Bible. This is Andre at about a year and a half. Um, To remind myself of how quickly... 20 years passes. He's 21 and he no longer lives at home. And those brief flash moments were not enough for me to impact his life for the rest of his life. It was only what God does in his life that had any value. And that is the truth for each of us. None of us knows what the future of Alliance Bible Church is. But I personally am voting that we change our name to the library. Because everybody's changing their church names, you know. The new generation doesn't want the word church. Because it has bad connotations. But I really like us as a library. And the great stories. God wants you to to see 35 years down the line stayed united in marriage and focused on him. Tommy, grow in grace and in the knowledge but it is not by might nor by power but by my spirit, says the Lord. Tom and Tish, you are in good hands. Melusinich family, thank you for pouring it out. I look at you, Amanda. I see my daughters, and I think, everything that I tried to do to influence them, I see them, and I think, eh. They have grown into their own people, but fortunately, they're growing into who God wants them to be. And I see the same thing in you, and I'm really glad that you are on the pastoral search committee with us. Speak what God says to you beautiful young family Lisa I watched Nancy raise five kids thank goodness she was there because those kids would have been screwed up if it was me God knows what he has for your kids you know, I hope that we as a church can help you guys encourage you Doris thank you for bringing your three beautiful children We are going to pray for you continually. Try to encourage you any way we can. Anthony, I actually thought about you last week. I don't know you that well. I'm going to call you to account because you always walk in a little late. Um, But I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here. I believe that God has some exciting things for the next generation of this church. I'm the guy with the gray hair. You're the young, good-looking stud. Um, but I believe that us old guys have something that is of value to you and God will shape you to be what he wants the next generation to be so that when they hear church they don't get turned off but they say "Eh, it's something in Anthony that I see that I want to be like let's pray Father thank you for one another Thank you for um, knowing our days before we were born, for knowing what lies ahead. That Christ's own words told his friends, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And then the amazing challenge that ask anything in my name and I'll do it. That is something that's really hard for me to handle. So help me in my unbelief as I believe Lynn prayed this morning. Thank you for the encouragement that Nancy and I have received here. Help us all to surrender to your hand, your care, your purposes for ourselves for our own life with you, for our relationships with those close to us, for our children and grandchildren and the generations yet to be born, for those who are older and struggling with health, to assure them that your presence waits, that you are there preparing